Welcome to part two of the Lace Out 2018 AFL review. And that's about to kick off in three, two, one. Cue the music. Oh, welcome back, listeners. Chris Pepper, the host of the Lace Out podcast. I'm here with Jamie, the J-Dog Wallace, and we're here for part B of the 2018 season review. Tonight, we're going to look at positions 9 down to 13. The first five you can hear on the previous podcast. It's going gangbusters, but this is the group that we really want to talk about because four of these teams were only one game out of making the eight. And one was a premiership host only a couple of years ago. But before we get into it, I have to welcome my co-host. He's known as the J-Dog. Other people know him as Jamie Wallace. How are you, big fella? Go, Peps. How you going, mate? Mate, I am loving it. Life is great. It's just good. It's kind of nice at the moment. The, uh, the AFL is starting to get a bit of uh, their... How could you put it? Their ceremonies out of the way. So we've had the All-Australian team, which we'll have a quick chat about. Yep. Now they've got the the players MVP is tonight, which is Thursday, but we'll be releasing this one on the weekend just to give people a bit of room to um, uh, listen to the first one, listen to the second one. And just um, we don't want to punch it all in. And the next week we're going to come back with a a catch up of uh, the games leading into the first week of the finals. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually really nice. It's really nice just to not have to stress about a team. You can just have a week off. This is foreign to me. This whole. Week of a week off. I'm I'm usually organising uh, cheese platters or wine tastings, or um, a three getting day the last end. of the snow season. I don't know. Yes, or getting down to the snow. But I'm like, this is foreign to me. We're actually going to be playing football in spring for the first time in a long time. So you might have to give me some help on what you actually do in September because it has been that long. But um, yourself, what about uh, what about you? Your, your Port Melbourne, Port Melbourne, Port Adelaide team. Mm-hmm. Hey, the finals, has it all sunk in yet? What's How are you preparing yeah. for the offseason? Well, I'm actually excited about tonight because um, I'm going to talk about Port. I'm going to talk about what's coming out of the club. I'm going to talk about uh, what's next. So I'm excited, um, but I'm feeling okay. I'm, okay? I'm, I'm, the season's done. You know, you can't change the result. Um, all you can hope for now is that the, the leaders of the club um, steer the ship back on the right course. Yeah, and um, well, we we did speak the other day about a number of delistings from your particular club in in, uh, Jimmy number four, Tumpus, which was a shame. Uh, He was going to set the AFL on fire. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, the extinguisher got him uh, somewhere between the draft camp and, yeah, unbelievable. But apparently, um, I'm just seeing a little bit of news at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about some of the trade stuff. So I don't know, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about the old Australians, some of the news and rumours about who's going where? What, where do you want to start? Oh, let's go, let's go some rumours first. Okay, well, a couple of rumours have been floating around. Now, mind you, we're recording this on a Thursday evening. It's usually we're talking about teams and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it, uh, one that's slightly come up is that uh, Braden Pruce, the big mm-hmm. fella from North Melbourne, Mm-hmm. It's emerged that a certain team wearing the red and blue mm. might be an unlikely suitor for him. So he may have played his last game for the Kangaroos, which has, t- has come completely out of the blue. But we definitely need to get another Ruckman because if something happens to Max Gore, we do not want to be putting Wiedemann or McDonald into the Ruck. So that's actually a, quite a nice... He's 23, so he's, he's still young, but he's a big boy and can play. Yes, Just, you know yeah. it's unfortunate that the um, Mr. Goldstein has uh, decided to pull his finger out after a very lean 2017. Actually, played some mm-hmm. decent footy this year, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he uh, comes out well. But that's yeah, that's really um, yeah, really uh, surprising. I didn't pick that one at all. No, so that would be um, I suppose if you're looking at Port Adelaide as an example of why you don't carry one ruckman in your squad. Yes. Always need coverage for your big men. So that would be good if you guys can get him. Yep, it would be good. Uh, another one floating around is Dylan Shield. Now, a couple of days ago, it looked like it was pretty much, was he going to stay? Was he going to go? We're not too sure. Then it was looking mm-hmm. along the lines of he was going to be slotting in at Essendon. Yep. But the big one coming out of today is, is that it looks like Hawthorne, because they don't, they don't really need anyone, mm-hmm. have got him on the radar. 
Yep. For a, for a swap of picks and mm-hmm. Jonathan Segler, because they are very short from a Ruckman perspective. Mm-hmm. So, oh, geez, I'll tell you what, they, I don't know what Clarko does. There must be something in the water, but he has the knack of just being able to say, hey, come my way, and, can just, and just brings them in. You, you look over the yep. years, Mitchell, O'Meara, um, John O'Rourke. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. Oh, Ty Vickery, <laughs> McAvoy, um, Brian Lake. So he just has the knack. Oh, don't forget uh, Mr. Silk himself, Mr. Silk himself, Sean Burgoyne. He just has that knack to, of bringing players across. And just when you think that they're, they're on the slide, he, he, they mm. might be able to pull off a master stroke like this. Yep. Plus, um, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of outside speed now coming in through their list. So having a big bull on the inside like um, Dylan Shield, who's not the quickest guy, um, but having a big man in the middle um, will really set them up. Especially yeah. someone to feed Tom Mitchell his 60,000 possessions every week anyway. Yeah, and these days you do need. Not everybody has to be quick. You've still got to get nope. guys that get in and get it out. Um, yep. to the guys on the outside, and unfortunately, some teams have uh, got too much of the outside, not enough of the inside. Mm-hmm. Or want have a nice little blend. But yeah, having a, an extra bull on the inside will yep. allow you know Mitchell not to have to to absorb it all. Um, yeah, and also for Amira to be able to get a bit of um, extra run on the outside. So that'll be an interesting developments to come. Uh, Nathan yep. Freeman, we know, is being cut. The Blues have cut four today. Yes. Jeez, I tell you what, the axe is swinging at the moment, especially for those bottom five clubs that we spoke about um, in the, uh, the previous podcast. I think, um, I think Carlton have probably culled a total of, um, I reckon it would be no less than 10 to 12 in the past three years. Yep. So they, they, they swing that axe and they swing it big. They, well, go they have for, to. They swing for the fences. And this is what we were talking about uh, in episode 23, was is that these players that are getting axed now, mm. you know, going back uh, seven, eight years ago, wouldn't have got a game because of the extra no. two teams. But because you have to bring in an extra, uh, an extra 44 times two, 88 players in, yep. these fringe players that probably wouldn't have been good enough are getting games and they're getting, they are getting found out. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've had a taste. Uh, Nathan Freeman got a taste and, geez, it was only, he only got the um, McHappy meal. He didn't get the Big Mac. He just got a little bit of a taste and that was it. Um, I think he, yeah. he could go back to the VFL, play a couple of good seasons and come back onto the list. He just, he just needs to find the game that suits his body. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm stealing all their material at the moment, but I don't know. <laughs> um, all righty. Uh, right. Any other things that you've heard on the Twitter sphere or any of the other rumour mills floating around? The other one really is uh, the Lions trying to take Lockie Neal, who we spoke about, from Frio. What? So the Lions are trying to get into, into Lockie Neal. Yep. Um, Jeez. And that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. That's a big one. Um, so, no, that's, that's, that's really it. That's really it. Um, Beamsy signed up again for another year, so that sort of puts that to bed. Oh, sorry, he's going he's gonna to stay his contract. Yep. Um, one that really I do it. like... One that I do like, and it's nothing to do from a player's perspective, it is Brett Ratton will join St Kilda as a senior coach uh, assistant or a senior assistant, senior assistant to yep. Alan Richardson, which that is a tremendous appointment. Yep. That is a tremendous appointment because you know, look at Brett Ratton. He was, he was a, a, a winning coach. Yeah. And he, he got shafted. Yeah. He's done his time under, under Hawthorne with Clarkson, and I think that's the perfect person for Alan Richardson to have on board next week. I think he just lacks yep. that seniority around him. Yeah. So that's, that's a tr- tremendous appointment if that one goes through. Um, I would have had him on board. Yeah, pardon? I would have had him on board. I, I would have, have had him in Melbourne. Him as a, yeah. Yep. I, I think he was one of those guys that um, I don't think he wants to be a senior coach, but if he can impart his knowledge and wisdom onto other coaches, you know, yep. good luck to him. So that's an awesome appointment. And the last one I want to quickly throw out is that uh, – Someone close to us, number 23 for the D's. Bernie Vince has announced his retirement today. Yeah. Uh, two-time best and fairest winner. He's only one of, I think, four players, four or five it might be, that have played 100 games at two clubs and won a best and fairest at two separate clubs as well. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he, he was perfect for when he came across. He's played 100 games for the D's and 120-odd mm-hmm. for Adelaide, which mm-hmm. you would have thought it would have been a lot more at the Crows. But he was exactly what we needed. Like I said earlier, he and Daniel Cross um, brought that experience that our young group needed. So I can't thank that guy enough. And I just wish yeah. I had a smile like him because he's got perfect <laughs> teeth. He has, hasn't he? 
Yeah, exactly right. But you know who doesn't have perfect teeth? Jamie Wallace. Who? It's number 13, the Western Bulldogs and mm. their supporters. Marley joking. Marley joking. But they had a, they had a horrible run. Uh, eight wins, 14 losses. Mm-hmm. What's happened to this mob? Two years ago, they were preparing for a final series. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, think, I think this year was better than last year for yep. them. Um, I think they found some, a couple of beauties. And I think a couple of their stars that we thought were going to be stars have taken another step forward, like your Bonchin Pallies and, and those Caleb Daniels, Toby McLean. So I reckon it's okay. I reckon it's okay. You reckon they're okay? I reckon um, they're okay. Yeah, Jack McRae's had an absolute belter of a season. And you know he was one of the ones that missed out on uh, All-Australian, which was yes. very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, if we go through a couple of their their key points, they did have a percentage of seventy seven point three two, so it wasn't the, it wasn't high, it wasn't no. low, so it was sort of that you know, middle range. Um, yeah. You know, they were ranked third for handballs per game, fourth yeah. for disposals, um, yeah. second in least opponent opponent clearances per game, uh, fourth in teams in, in stopping the, uh, obviously handball differential. And opponent clearances yeah. per game differential was a second. So they had some high stuff and it looked like they were getting people around the ball. Yeah. And, and stopping everyone else or going out and spreading the ball and getting their handball happy game going again. But there wasn't anything because kicks, they were ranked 12th. Uh, yeah. Points per game, 15th. 12th for tackles, 18th for hitouts, 12th for inside 50s. And so when you have a look at that, even for 16th for goal assists, when you have a mm. look at that sort of stuff, it just shows that with a percentage of 77.32, if you're not kicking, kicking overall points and you're not getting it inside 50, you're not going to have a high percentage and you're not going to win games. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that the end to the season was yeah. a lot better than the start. They got back to that pressure football, didn't it? They did. They definitely did. And they've got some mm. absolute belters in that team. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of um, the legacy. Um, <laughs> Mr. Richards, the ginger ninja, Eddie, Eddie yeah. Richards, how, how he slipped through to the doggies that low. I loved him. I watched him live when Melbourne uh, played them obviously twice. Yep. And he, he's actually got, he's got talent. He's not living off the name. He can play that boy. He can find the goals, can't he? He definitely can find the goals. Uh, Billy Gowers is another one who can find the goals. Leading goal kicker at, with 26, yep. which was surprising. Um, yes. You, you lock, Lockie Hunter, um, led Pat Lipinski, picks. Pardon? Pat Lipinski, Aaron the, Norton. They've got some good, good boys there. I, I've got a. I actually don't mind Josh Shackey. I don't yep. mind him. Jack McRae, Gun. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously the Bonds as well. You can't go past him. Probably win another best and fairest. If not, it will be Jackson McRae. It'll be out of those two again. Yeah. Um, but yep. you know, it looks like Mitch Wallace is maybe going to stay as well. But then on the flip side to that, they've had quite a number of um, players leaving as well. Clay Smith, yeah. Um, yeah. Jordan Ruffhead looks looks like he's out on the way. Mm-hmm. Another one being Lukey Dalhouse. Apparently, that's pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered four years over at Geelong, which yep. is going to be you know he was he was a stalwart at that club. He was yeah. the future and an absolute gun footballer because he did wear the magic number six. Yeah, so they, um, I suppose, it didn't start the best for the Western Bulldogs this season because straight from round number one, uh, Tom Liberatore ripped his uh, ACL. Um, so I think the only club that can rival them in injuries this year was Collingwood. So they had so this is I'll go through this list and you'll be like this is this is their premiership team. So Tom Liberatore, Jack Redpath, Bailey Williams, Tom Lloyd. I oh, sorry, Tom Lloyd. Yeah, Tom. I oh, sorry, Tom Boyd. Yep. Uh, Luke Dalehouse, Tory Dixon, Matt Suckling, they all spent, and Easton Wood also spent a lot of this season on the sidelines. There's six really good premiership players um, missing. And you take six players out of any team, yep. any team, uh, it's going to make it tough. Yep. And they're, and they're, the, they're the key players too. There's, some, there's, some, um, there's their centres through there. Like you've got uh, Tom Boyd and those people like that, Luke Dalehouse. You know, midfield, Tom Liberatore, midfield extracted with running. Um, yeah. 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 So and it, and it makes it, yeah. it definitely makes it hard to 
But if you have a look through their statistics over the course of the year, you know, the two players that really stood out to them um, mm-hmm. was definitely Jack McRae. Oh, yeah. Um, the Bont it didn't seem to rack up as many disposals, but definitely hit the goals a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, I think, sure. you know, but there is just, there is just so much on that guy's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he needs some help. He needs some yep. help. So I don't know who they're going to get. I haven't heard any rumours of people going to the dogs. No, not West Wales. I haven't, no. No, not at this stage. You know, would you put them as a pass or a fail for the year? It's a tough one. Oh, yeah. Because yep. you'd almost say you'd... I'd actually say middle ground. Yeah, a C. Middle ground, yeah. I'd go, I'd go middle ground because they won a flag two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yet... If you have a look at what they did last year where they were putrid, at least they finished this year off with some gusto. You know, they won yeah. three out of their they won three out of their last five. Yeah. Which is exciting. And could have been four if they didn't hit the post a number of times in that last quarter. So they could have won they could have won their last four. Yep. So yep. they they but mind you, they had a, a streak of four losses, a streak of five losses. Yes. That's it's gonna make it difficult to come back from from that uh at any time of the year. So I'd say that they've definitely got, it almost feels like they had some off-field dramas occurring. Mm-hmm. And they seem to iron a bit of that out. Yes. What it's going to mean for next year, we'll see. Are they going to challenge for the eight? I don't think so. I think there's other teams above them that look like they're going to be a little bit more dangerous in terms of breaking into the eight. Yeah, I think um, the bottom as well think, coming yeah. up. Pardon? Well, like, I think Brisbane as well coming up. I think they're going to be much better next year. Exactly right. So I hope for the doggies' sake, because they have been up for quite a number of years, that they, in terms of the draft itself, I think they're going to have a, a nice, decent positioning. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be um, you know, promising any first-round, future first-round drafts at this stage. Yep. I think they've got a little bit of, they've got that experience. They just need to keep it. And then yeah. bring in a bit of youth. And if they can pinch a couple of free agents, mm-hmm. that'd be nice for them as well too. But i definitely say um, for the dogs this year, uh, a middle ground. And look, I don't mind watching them. At times this year, they were a little bit tough to watch. I'm not too mm-hmm. sure if you found that. It was hard to sort of watch them because you didn't know exactly what they stood for. But yep. I think, like I said, in the last five weeks of the year, they, they did hit a little bit more of that rhythm. Yeah. And so I think they can hang their hat on that and then yep. you know, have a really solid preseason moving into 2019. I reckon they're probably two to three seasons, three seasons away from being back up the top. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm you know okay what? with them. Oh, if they're, look, they got a flag. And it's funny, mm-hmm. you speak to the doggy supporters, there's quite a number at work. I'm not too sure how many you know. Good mate of ours, yeah. Heath Sampson, Heatho. Speaking to him, and you know, it can be frustrating. All I just say is, mate, you got a flag. You got a flag two yep. years ago. No matter how bad it gets, you can always pop on the DVD and you can have two hours mm-hmm. of your life back. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, someone who ain't going to get their life back is um, our 12th placed team this year and probably one of the most disappointing seasons out of any of the bottom 10 this year was the Adelaide Crows. Jamie, have you got their stats in front of you? No, I don't have their stats. Other than they got they, were, they went 12 and 10 and 104%. So Exactly, exactly yeah. right. And yep. nothing went right for this mob. At I started. I started wrong. I think they um, they were in the headlines for all the wrong reasons all season. Creative minds and upset players, and it just that literally just just dragged through the whole season for them, hasn't it? Well, it's dragged through the whole season. It actually started at the uh, trade period last year when Jake yeah. Lever came to the D's. Yes, um, you remember uh, Tex was just getting stuck in him, only going for money, doesn't want to play for premierships or finals, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, and you told me I think that um, I think you told me that, that people told you that you could hear on Grand Final day them yelling at each other, the Adelaide people yelling at each other, the, the players. Um, yeah. So they yeah. were just yeah, they were they were a shambles. They were a yeah, they were a shamble. But here's the thing. But if you have a look at it, they were ranked second for kicks per game, fifth for mm-hmm. disposals per game, ranked mm-hmm. third in least opponent marked per game. So the pressure was definitely there. And yep. in terms of opponent mark differentials per game, they were ranked fourth. So they, they were able to put pressure. But mm-hmm. if you have a look at it, they, they were definitely a long kicking team because ranked 12th for handballs, ranked 18th for clangers. Yeah. So they turn it over more than anyone. Ranked 13th uh, for opponent kicks, ranked 12th for opponent points, ranked 17th mm-hmm. for opponent tackles, 
rank 17th for opponent clearances. So they let when they let the ball out, they let the ball out easy. Yeah. Um, yep. What's the this run through? And they, they had a lot of injuries as well. They did. They did. But let's just run through. Like, so their players come back from Christmas. They were unfit. Um, then they had that. Then they had that. That Creative Minds um, program where it was like cult-like. So then you had um, a twelve to ten players who were super upset with what was going on. Um, then they. Then they remember that. Then they fired Creative Minds. The club came out and put a statement out. They fired them. Yep. And then I heard to yesterday that the club brought Creative Minds back in without telling the players. Um, and so they had this massive loss again, a massive run of losses. Yeah, that, was, so that was when Melbourne again. beat them by... Remember when Melbourne beat them by 90-odd, 91 points up? That here? week. You're right. That was that the day, because you could just see, like, Melbourne came out on fire that day. But yep. LA were just like, what's going on here? And apparently yep. that was the week. That was the week they brought them back in. And well, then, they, they wanted to bring they wanted to bring them back in. Yeah, Pike wanted to bring them back in, and the players were like, "No, we're, we're not. This is we're not standing for this at all. Yeah. Don't even think about it." Yeah, yeah. And then to be fired again at the end of the season, and now at the moment, what's still currently playing out is these that Creative Minds are making statements about what happened at the club. The club's making statements about what happened at Creative Minds. It's just a, and then you got and then you got the pressure of Tex Perkins. Is he really the captain that's going to take us forward? Doesn't stand up enough in games. It was just constant for Adelaide all season. And then you throw in the injuries as well too. Yeah, yeah. It makes it tough. Um, the Crouch brothers are out for a significant time. Yes, they Florian were. Florian was injured through the year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up two first-round draft picks for Gibbs. Yep. They bring they him did. in. Mitch McGovern looks like he's out the door to Carlton, even though he signed a brand-new contract last year. But because he got paid under big because they said there was, you know, which is the money that we got available, then they paid it through the roof to get Gibbs through the door. He's cracked it. Yeah. Um, Eddie Betts wasn't too happy with the club after the camp as well. And apparently there was a number of the uh, Indigenous players at the club that were very, very upset with the way that that went. Mm-hmm. Their whole season was just yeah. shite. Yeah. It was Absolutely. Shite. And they were getting yeah. beat, like they weren't getting beaten. They were getting beaten by significant margins at times as well. And their yeah. fortress, which was at home, yeah, it, it definitely. So they lost to the Magpies uh, yeah. by forty-eight points at the Adelaide Oval. They lost by mm-hmm. they, um, who else did they lose to? They lost to the D's, obviously in Alice Springs, forty-one. Yeah. Pumped yeah. by the Hawks by fifty-six. Pumped by the Tigers by forty-seven. Yeah, you know, it, it just it wasn't great. They the lied to their the fans, fans. Were, and the D's yeah. were that when the Melbourne beat them over there uh, on the twenty eighth of July. That was the game that you know set us up for success to then go and beat West Coast and then put us on our way. That's right, it was. So they've um they've had some they've had some tough ones over there. Yep, some tough yep. ones. Mind you, they've had they've had what are they one two. They've had five, five, um, five results under mm-hmm. ten points. Yeah, and the, and the interesting thing is, is that they they won they won three out of those, and the other yeah. ones that they lost was to the Dockers. I oh, say they lost to the Dockers. Yeah, so they had that yeah. and the power as well. So they didn't have a. They either got smashed, mm-hmm. or they couldn't get they couldn't get over the line. But they just beat yeah. the Lions. They just beat. Uh, beat your mob in the, the showdown, which was, was, was a belter of a game. Yeah. And the the Kangaroos. Hit the post. Oh. Let's hit the, hit the post. <laughs> but even like, you know, look, Josh Jenkins, mm-hmm. he's like, they were dangerous last year as a team. Yeah. And they're, they're so far away from that. It's, it's unbelievable. It yeah. is unbelievable. Good to see yeah. that Rory Laird getting a back pocket All-Australian nod. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it should have been Neville Jetta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree, bias, disagree. Bias. Uh, oh, no, 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 you're right. Neville Jetta's had a spectacular year um, back there. So, oh, look, oh, that, that, that's a toss-up. I think there's more. I think there's worse All-Australian decisions that were made, especially in that full forward position. But anyway. Ooh, um, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two flip of the coin. 
both excellent. Neville Jetta this year really has probably been one of the standouts I've noticed massively from the Melbourne team. Yep. Um, but yeah, toss the time. I just, you know, the thing that I get excited about him is, is that he doesn't rack up a lot of possessions. Yeah. But he, he doesn't get beaten all that much. No, he doesn't. No. He doesn't get beaten all that much. And for his size, too. For his size. For his size. You don't understand. This guy was getting delisted. He got delisted yeah. by Melbourne and then yeah. re rookied with Paul Ruse. And it's been the mm-hmm. best ever. He mm-hmm. is a gun. And I can tell you now, as we would say for a football club talk, in these four walls, <laughs> Melbourne supporters love him. Yep. Love him. Um, <laughs> outside of that, though, looking at, um, looking at the Crows, look, massive, massive flop for me. Massive fail. Yeah. Yep, they issues made, everywhere. They made, a, they made a grand final last year. Yeah. They got pumped, but yes. Yeah. They, um, got, they got beaten, but you would have thought, but they thought that they could have taken it to the next level. Yeah. And, Disappointing from start to finish. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll be happy just to get through best and fairest night, put the queue in the rack, have a break and come back pumped for next year. But they can't it, though. They've got to come back with Mitch McGovern. They've got to trade that at the end of the year as well. This PR disaster of a club at the moment, it doesn't stop, does it, for them? Is it? Is it? Maybe it's just the teams out in Adelaide. <laughs> maybe it's just the teams out in Adelaide. Like, it's just not a destination state. It's not a destination club. You don't use that. Don't use that. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. But it's, it's just not a destination state at the moment. <laughs> I'll get stuffed. Yeah, I will get stuffed. All right, but yeah, a flop from you? A flop from me, but they're going to get Jack Lacocious, who's probably going to be the best uh, SA teenager coming through the draft, which is annoying because I really would have liked him at Port Adelaide. Oh, no. And you know what? They they probably need it, but they're going to be losing something to get him anyway. Yeah, Mitch McGovern's risk, gone. You know what? It's, 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 um, it's not a risk if it's calculated. Correct. Okay. Correct. Like this mob, Essendon. Um. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to say this, and I've said it before yeah. a couple of episodes ago. I can't stand Essendon. I'm out in the west of Melbourne, grew up in the mean streets of East Keelor, and everybody who lived around me, Essendon, Essendon, Essendon. They beat us in a grand final, and they just rub it in my face. Mark Fisher, if I have to hear, come on, Melbourne, one more time from you, you're going down. <laughs> All right? <laughs> now, that being said, I was so happy when they were getting pumped at the start of the year. Could not wipe the smile off my face because suck it. I can't stand you. And just to see the infighting, the turmoil is worse for the right coach, et cetera, so forth. It was fantastic. Yeah. That saying, by the end of the year, they were one of the teams I was most excited to turn the TV on and watch. Can't believe I've just said that. Because by the end of the year... They were fantastic to watch. Number one, weren't they, at the end of the year, between after the first eight rounds? Yep. From then they on, they were, went to win 10 and 15. Exa- and they were, they were exciting. They were really, mm-hmm. really good. And the players that they brought in, their three big hitters, which was Adam Saad, Devin Smith, and Jake Shittat's Stringer, mm-hmm. by the end of the year, were all playing magnificent football. Some more than others. Devin Smith will win the best and fairest at Essendon by the length of the Flemington straight. Yeah. But Stringer actually picked his game up because they decided this whole midfield thing that we try to do with forwards now didn't work. We'll put him down yeah. forward. Just play mm-hmm. him down there. Yeah. And Adam Saad, his speed off the back line, magnificent. Yep. I think only his blemish of the year was, um, who did he run into again? Saad? Yeah. At the end. St. Kilda guy, wasn't it? Um, yeah, who was that? He smacked him. Yeah, he got in. Yeah, put him in the Membry. next week. Yeah, was, was it Membry? No, it wasn't Membry. Whoever it was, it. whoever put him in the next week, um, that was the only blot on his year. <laughs> but he was fantastic. He's great. I love watching him out. And have a look at this. You know, when we've gone through the statistical rankings and looking at the highs and lows, Essendon don't have any lows, like low lows. No, they're all in the highs. And so yep. I'm not going to go through all of them because we've only got, you know, an hour. Limited time. Stuff yet. Limited time. An hour. But they were ranked fifth for kicks. Third for marks, fifth for goal assists. Yep. So there's like their three key criteria that people look at for the success of a team. They did finish 11th, 48 points. They had a 12 and 10 win loss record. Mm-hmm. They had a percentage of 105, which is for a team that low is amazing. So they were scoring. 
Yep. They were scoring more than their opponents. Yep. Uh, and that's, and that's the that, thing. Yep. And Peps, that came off the back of uh, in the first eight rounds, they were averaging 97 points per game, leaking. They were conceding that many points per game. So to turn that around, to finish with a percentage that high is, is, is amazing. Well done to them. And people that weren't playing all that well early on completely yep. flipped their seasons. Heppel got back to his best. Zach mm-hmm. Merritt, um, the girl who looks like a, a stunt double for Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. which normally is Darcy Moore, but the other little girl, which is Darcy Parrish, what is it yep. with the name? Um, he, he picked up again towards in the year. Bell Chambers was picking up. Stringer, Stringer ended up kicking 30 for the year. Yeah. And I wouldn't yep. have picked that. Halfway through the year, he was almost like, what have we done with this bloke? Yep. Mark Maybe? Bagley um, yep. is now a new forward, a pressure forward now. Hurley. Hurley and Hooker, I still, yeah. I still can't get out that, that vision of Hooker chasing Buddy Franklin down the wing at the MCG. That is yeah. just some of the funniest footage you'll ever see. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. But it was just really good to see them to, to get their quality football back by the end of the game or by the end yeah. of the year. And Joe Danaher hopefully gets back, uh, gets back and puts a bit of size on. Um, yeah. And then you've got a big forward up there as well. So it's looking all right. And they're also looking at swooping a few more in the trade period as well, too. They did it last year. Um, yep. a, a, fr- a friend of mine actually is on the, uh, does the analysis for Essendon. Mm-hmm. And I was chatting to him about it at the start of the year and just how it all came about. And it was like, well, these are the three. We'll get this one first. And if the other two, if we can get the other two, brilliant. And they ended up doing it. Yeah. It's just amazing that, you know, things can happen and things can go quite, you know, quiet for a while and they can just pick up again. So I've got high hopes for the Bombers. I think yeah, this is the interesting one, though. They played finals last year. Yeah. They didn't make it this year. No. But would you say the year was a success? I would say the year is a success for them. You reckon? I, only because, only because um, there is a lot to build on from this year, um, where last year was a bit shallow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a low pass for me, a low pass, because you got to understand the first what was eight games of the year they were shit house. Yep. So that was almost a fail. So to get themselves back to where they were by the end, yep, magnificent. By the way, Mm -hmm. Orazio Fantasia, yes, love him. I'm not going to go Fantasia like. BT does. I'm not going to go all Fantasia on you. But it just yep. goes to show he's exciting. Yeah, he's he, good. He's definitely exciting. So and who knows, if they get Dylan Shiel or Tom Scully oh. coming through, they're both, yeah. they're both GWS contracted players, but they're both in Victoria. They're both in their 20s. And Scully would be good. He's, got, he's, he's, hard. he's a hard-running person, wingman, outsider, midfielder. Bit of everything. Imagine those. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Nah, I, don't, I don't think Scully's going to go anywhere. No, nah. I don't think they signed him up for what seven years, seven million over seven years or whatever it was. Plus his, plus his old man on a couple of pies and two hundred grand being a recruiter. I don't know. I reckon if he's just sitting there back watching a game after you know watching an Essendon game in the last half of the season. Yeah, and he got a phone call from Essendon to come and maybe join them. It's an exciting team. You have to take a fair well, pay cut. You'd have to take a fair pay cut. No, you're right. Mind you, and you know what? One guy that we all love to hate, Brendan Goddard, for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. um, it was sort of sad to see him go towards the end. Yeah. Um, he's, just, he's just a very intense person, but I think his heart is in the right place. Yeah. And he would be a brilliant development, a development coach for young players coming in. Yeah. Because, yep. Um, like I said, the, the transition from under-18 football to senior football would be immense. Yeah, and that's when you need your guidance, not when you're in, in your second or your third year. It's you know, get get your routines down pat from day one, and he will mm-hmm. set up for success. And I think he'll be perfect. So I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon kept him on. As a as as a someone there, yep, yeah, makes sense. Definitely, definitely. Will it happen? I'm not too sure, but there's a lot to like about Essendon. That they will be on the uh, the watch for next year. For definitely, sure. definitely. For sure. Um. Rightio, before we get into the next, um, the next couple of teams, which is uh, your mob mm-hmm. and Melbourne, so I'll just give you a moment to just settle down a little bit. 
All Australian team. Yes. Okay. Um, thoughts, feelings. What's um, how did you how did you feel about it? I, you know what, Jen, I think they got it pretty much right. I think yeah. they got it right. I'm actually okay. not too. I'm actually think it's not a, not a bad team at all. Um, yeah. No, I'm, other other than other other than maybe Lance Franklin somehow scraping in there. Um, the rest of it's okay. I've got no issue with it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm actually okay. Now, when you say Lance Franklin scraping in there, yeah, tell me a little bit more about that because um, I think there's some other ones that I can't believe didn't get a Guernsey. Well, I I, I think that you should probably could have put uh, maybe um, oh Jack Rewalt could have gone in there, he kicked his, another Coleman medalist again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Lance? How many games did Lance play? How many games did Goals did he kick? Fifty-seven. So that's not. That's that was third in the Coleman. You probably could have had maybe um, Ben Brown in there. He finished ahead of him as well as yep. a pure forward. And I'm not about pure forwards. Yeah. Because I think I think what's what I've liked now recently with the All Australian is they don't just put a bunch of midfielders in the back pockets and stuff like that like they once used to. They they yeah. now do it. Per position, which is brilliant, which is a good change. Um, well, that was it because yeah. it was turning into midfielders, and I think they had people who played back pocket on half forward flanks, and it was just ridiculous. It was stupid. So you're yeah. right; they have actually, and I think it was the backmen and the forwards yep. were getting ripped off because it was turning into a. It was like we were just putting a team of best players together, best midfielders together, and now what they've yep. done is to go, okay, if we had to pick a team, what would that team look like? I think yeah. they're right, which is which is really really good. But then I say that, and they made Buddy Franklin the captain. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it, maybe it, it maybe I saw it different to how they. Well, obviously I did, but I don't know. I'm just okay. a number two who does a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, doesn't matter. We've all got an opinion, and opinions are like uh, assholes. Everybody's got them. Nobody <laughs> wants to see them. All right. Yep. So from my perspective, um, all right. So here were the ones that I got a little bit frustrated about. First and foremost, mm-hmm. how never Jetta didn't even get into the 40. That's a different story altogether. But he should have been as at least a backman. All right. So I've yep. got that out of, my, out, of my, out of my way. The ones I can't understand, and you might be able to help me here, is mm-hmm. how does uh, someone along the lines of Shane Edwards get in? How does Jack Gunston get in? Okay. And the love child, which was Tom Stewart. They're the three that I look at and go, actually, the, yeah, the three I go, I don't get it. I, I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Okay, I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Jordan Ngoi or Gunston? Um, probably Ngoi. Ngoi? Probably Ngoi. Yeah, Ngoi. You'd go it. You'd go yep. to go. You'd go to go. Okay. <laughs> um, from a back pocket perspective, uh, for, sorry, from on the bench perspective, would yep. you prefer Shane Edwards or Jack McRae? Shane Edwards or, well, I don't know. You're always going to get, when your team is, what, three games clear at the top or two games clear at the top, yeah. you're always going to get a lot of votes for people That's going tr- in there. Totally understand. Totally understand. Yeah. Uh, so, Shane, so, Titch Edwards, I'd probably have, ooh, I see he's hot and cold. Um, no, I'd, ha- I'd, have, I'd have Shane Edwards. I'd have Shane Edwards. You would? You'd Shane Edwards? Yeah. All right. Um. And I'll throw one out, throw one more at you. So, um, from a back perspective, back, you've got yeah. Tom Stewart who made it. Yeah. And this is where it gets a bit tough. Would you go Jake Lloyd? Mm. Tom Jonas? Mm. The other one nah. that, and here's the thing: this is where it is. If you look at the team, there's not many back. There's not many back pocket players. The only other one I can think of it might be Callum Moore, but he's playing more midfield minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Dylan Grimes. That's the only other one. Yeah. 
But I still think Alex Rance is still probably your premier backman, and Rory Laird or Neville Jeddah, toss of the coin, toss of the yep. coin for those two. Um, to see, I'm just trying to think why. So you got Jack Rewald's full forward. Ben Brown is maybe maybe because I don't because he plays out of the pocket more. Yeah. So I, I look at this the, oh, in, in my eyes. How Ben Brown was overlooked last year and this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that raises my eyebrows because he was virtually leading the Coleman up until two weeks before. Yeah, and couldn't yeah, get a Guernsey. Right. Yep. Now I know they pick it two weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I thought was stiff. Now I'm not being I'm not being biased when I say this though. Okay, so just just hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. Jack Gunston kicked forty eight goals this year. Yes. Okay, 21 games. Mm-hmm. There's another player that kicked the same amount of goals in 17 games. Yeah. Tom McDonald. Different player. Who would Different you take? Player. I know. I'd take, I'd take Gunston. See, so Because yeah. Hogan is your focus in, in the Melbourne forward line. So McDonald can get a couple of cheapies at the back or a couple of, um, you know, just does, doesn't take the number one and two defender. So Who, Tom McDonald? Not compared to Hogan, no. Nah, he would. Hogan plays more up the ground now. But that's what I'm saying is that Luke Bruce kicked 53 in 22 games. So that's yep. only five goals more than a bloke that's kicked, has played five less games. Yeah. So is it, is, it, is it on potential? You know what I mean? Like, and another example here is like Jeremy Cameron. Mind you, he, he did put Harris Andrews into, you know, into the he future. Would only, he would have only played yeah. 10 games this year, wouldn't he? He played 16 games and still kicked 43. Yeah. Which is five so, less, yeah. which is five yeah. less than, than Gunston. Yep. So yeah. there seems to be this magic number of around about 17 to 18 games mm. for you to be picked. But yeah. you, know, you, 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 can, you can look at it every year. There's always somebody who doesn't deserve to be in there. But you Correct. have to be a gun. You have to be a gun to get in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lance Frank and Captain, I still don't know about that. I, I, I just don't I don't, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that. And I think that yeah. was more of a, a reward for, you know, that was his eighth All-Australian. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, big, that's a big number. Yeah. So and I reckon the rest... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was good to see Steel Sidebottom finally mm-hmm. get some recognition. Gas, Absolutely. even though he got... Six weeks. Yeah, uh, he got in, which I don't have an issue with whatsoever, because up until no. that stage he was magnificent. Well, uh, it's not the best and fairest team; it's just the best team. Yeah, exactly right. Maxi Gorn, you know, there was no doubt he was the number one ruckman. He, he was the first ruckman to ever have a thousand hitouts in a season. But it was good yep. to see that they threw Brady Grundy in as well. Yep. Um, Patrick Cripps got a jersey. It was good to see for a current perspective. Who's that? Patrick Cripps. Yep, Patrick Cripps. Yeah. Um, and you know, good to see my other mate, the Ginger Ninja, Clayton Oliver, get a Guernsey. He's had look; he's only twenty years of age. Yeah, he's going to be like he's amazing, and he's just going to get better and better and better. So overall, yep. I don't mind the team. I don't yep. mind the team. I think they did really, really well with it. it it's not easy, but there's always going to no. be those ones or twos that you just go, you know what? They, yep. they shouldn't have and, been in there, or they should be in there as well. And then they sometimes I reckon the default is to fall back on what they did the previous year, and then pick it for this year. And I think one of the things that have frustrated me was a couple of years ago is that they said, oh, you have to earn your stripes before you get picked, mm. which is a crock of shit because the All-Australian is for that year. Yeah. So remember the year that Nat Nui got in? Yeah. He, was, he got that well before his time because I remember... He played two good games for the season. And it was like, oh, he got in on potential and what he can be. But it shouldn't yeah. be on those lines. Yeah. Otherwise, Dean Polo should have been in there <laughs> after he got three yeah. Brownlow votes in his first game. Yeah. And didn't do anything ever since. Okay. So um, all Australian, I, I give it a thumbs up. I think, I think it's, I think it's not a two shape. I don't think it's a bad team at all. If you yeah. put that team on a park against anyone else, they'll dominate. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that one. I'll be happy. Um, I'm tipping though that you weren't too happy with the topic that we're going to have a chat about right now, which is Port Adelaide. Mm. I'm going to let, yep. I'm going to let you do the talking for this one. All right, so where do we start with this club? So, um, once again, finished 10th in a 12 to 10, 12 wins, 10 losses, percentage of 107.6. 
Um, disappointed would probably be an understatement of how I'm feeling about this club right now. Um, so let's just let's just wind it back to when we were 13, you know, 2013, 2014, playing really good, exciting football. We lost a couple of assistants, and then Kenny bought in in 2015. This really slow moving um, game style, chipping around, sort of like the Frio, the Hawthorne high possession game. Um, from that point. From that 2015 time, we haven't progressed. We haven't got any better. We haven't got any worse. We've always been plus or minus two wins for every season now coming up to where we are now. Um, so this team went from being 11-4 and four to now missing the finals and losing the last, what was it, six of their seven or something like that. So the run home was horrible. So it went wrong everywhere. We lost three games within, within a kick. Um, but, 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 but the cull has started. We've started to get rid of a couple of assistants, but, um, I don't know. This team's got some serious problems with their, with their lists and depth. Um, and Melbourne peps are probably in the same position because our teams are at the very bottom when the two new franchise clubs came in. So they were Gold Coast. So 2010, so Port finished something like 13 or 14. Yep. Gold Coast had picks 1, 2, 3, 7, 9, 11, and 13. So seven picks inside that 12. Pick Port's first pick was pick 16 that year. The next year's GWS came in. So they were free to sign whoever they wanted. So in 2011, GWS picked up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 11, 13, and 14. So 11 so picks inside the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. They yep, the 6, 7, 9... 10, 11, 13, and 14. So Port's first pick was pick six and pick 45. 2012, GWS could pick again, one, two, three, 12, 14. So then five picks inside that top 14. And that's the year that we picked up uh, in 2012. That's the year we picked up Ollie Wines with pick seven and pick 29 with Tom Cleary. And then 2000. Don't remind me about Winesy, please. (laughs) And then two. Yeah, no, 2013, uh, once again, GWS had three picks inside the top 14 and Port's first pick were 29. So if you roll that forward to what we're seeing now, especially with Port Adelaide, because what we did is uh, we had 13 and 14. We thought we were close to a premiership and we just started recruiting in and trading out our first round picks and started recruiting in uh, mature age bodies because we were close, we were close, we were close. We almost, if you look at it, we almost got trapped into the Carlton um, problem where they kept selling hope that we were close, we were close, we were close. We were just trading these senior players. And what we didn't do is never use our early picks. We always trade them out to other clubs. So not only do you have the two clubs coming in, Gold Coast and GWS, making our, um, not, not adding a lot of depth to our squad, a lot of talent at that bottom end, but then we started high. Then we started giving away our picks that were um, higher up in the in the order to get senior players in. So I'm putting that squarely on um, the coaching, um, the coaching team, the selectors, and those high level Port Adelaide people because ultimately they've led us down this path where um, we had the worst Sandful team. I think they won one or two games of the season. So if your reserve team is not winning, there's no depth in your club. And our seniors team reflected that because we lost players. And what that happened is we had none to replace them with. So we lost uh, Patrick, not uh, Patrick, Patty. Um, I've gone blank. What's his name? Ryder. Patrick Ryder. We had no Ruckman. We had to put Dixon in there, which wrecked our forward structure. Um, Dixon got injured towards the end. We have no forward to put in there. We had Tom Jonas go out with injury. We had no backman to go in there. So um, when your club starts giving away high-end picks, that's a danger sign for any supporter looking forward because we've done it consecutive now for about four or three years. And we're now, you know, the um, we are now sowing the, the seeds that we've grown, whatever that bloody saying is. We are now stuck in there. Um, so it's going to be a long time before we get out. A long time, and we also signed Ken Hinckley for another four years at the end of last year after um, the Suns um, faked us into signing up a coach who isn't, um, who hasn't got it yep. for a long term deal. So we're in trouble. We're in big trouble, I reckon. 
And you know what? I just had a look through the through your last six drafts. Yep. And out of those entire six drafts, the only yep. ones that stood out to me was obviously Ollie Wines. Yep. Tom Jonas. Yep. Who was a rookie promotion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sam Palpepper. Yep. But mind you, he's, he was on the nose a little bit this year for a number yeah. of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> out, yep. outs, but outside of that, there is no one who has... Mm-hmm. You've got Dan Houston, who's, who was a rookie draft. Look at no, yep. another rookie. Yeah. In 2015. You go back yep. to 2013. Yeah. That was probably your best. But the interesting thing is that the one who's played the most out of that was Jarman Impey, who's come from another club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones has played 64 games. Carl Amon's yep. played 42. Sam Gray yep. has played yep. 76. That's probably been the best draft. That's 2013 has probably mm-hmm. been your best draft in the last six or seven years. Yeah. And so, those players are indicative of how crap our team is they uh, they wouldn't get us they wouldn't get a run in any other any other team no they so they wouldn't get a root in a brothel and then you look at someone like Jarman Impey who left Port Adelaide everyone was who's crap he's gone into a system the Hawthorne system and is looking like a million dollar man so that's that that's the club that's 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 the that's the Ken Hinckley game plan that I think is shutting down some natural flair. Chad Wingard hasn't looked interested this year. Um, where 13 and 14, he was all Australian. Or if uh, in the squad at least, so in, and, and made one of those teams. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed at the club because we're stuck here for the next four years and I don't see a way out at the moment. And you can't just go on fire a coach. That's going to cost you so much money and it comes under your, um, your total AFL yep. spend now. Exactly right. So it's, it's frustrating and I like what the Saints are doing and putting in some senior assistants around, um, around um, Alan Richardson. And if you look at Dimmer, they backed him. They won a premiership the next year by putting in good senior assistants around him. And if you look at uh, who we've got, we've got Vossi, failed AFL coach, hasn't worked. We put in Brendan Lay. We brought him back from Richmond after they fired him as a forwards coach, and our forward line has been shambolic. Um, we, we need we need some we need some serious assistance. So, um, yeah, that's 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 where we're at. I think it's the board. I think it's the club. I think it's the coaches. It's the Marvel. It's serenity. It's everything. It's, <laughs> it's, everything. Everything. it's bloody annoying, it's... and it, and you just have to sit through it. And. If you have a look at your high rankings, you ranked fourth yep. for kicks per game. You yep. were ranked first for tackles per game. Mm-hmm. We can't and work first, any harder. And first for clearances per game. We cannot work any harder. Ken Hinckley, every press conference goes, we have to work harder for longer. How much harder can you work when you're literally leading the competition in every, all those stats about hard work? By the end, of, I started switching off his press conferences. They just pissed me off. Your, your issue was down forward. You were kicking Massive. it more than you were handballing it. You ranked mm-hmm. 15th for handballs yep. per game, and you were ranked 13th for points per game. Yep. So you weren't putting people into better positions. You were, it was almost going, you know, kick, kick, kick approach. Tried to do the, yep. old, the, the Hawthorne method from a couple of years ago. Yep. But when you got the squeeze, it doesn't work. And then the points per game, you just weren't kicking scores, which is frustrating no. because the three players that you picked up, two of them were forwards. Yep. So Jack Watts was, was putrid. Yep. Motlop was pretty much putrid for most of the year. And Tom Rockcliffe, mm. oh, le- less well, said about him. Well, but then you look can. on paper, and this is, this is what I can't understand, is that you look on paper, yep. Polek, Wines, Jonas, Robbie Gray, Patrick Ryder, Charlie mm-hmm. Dixon, Brad Ebert, yep. Sam Powell yep. Pepper. You know, they are good players. I know. That's concerning. Westhoff. Yeah. Good players. Yeah. Robbie Gray is a gun. Yep. Absolute gun. He had 36 goals this year. Chad Wingard can play pocket you know or midfield. You know what? If, if I, reckon, I reckon you should think about trading him. Wingard. Okay. Yeah. And, not, and not while he's he still got some good. currency. It yeah. has, has, has to be a good to come back the other way. But I don't think, we, I don't think you would. I think he's, 
you build a team around someone like that. You, but if he, you can build a team around him, but if the foundation's going to be weak, oh yeah, it's going to fall over. Does he really want to be there? That's the thing. Well, he told GWS originally. He said, "Don't, don't look here. I'm not going to move up to your club when yep. you start." So, I think he wants to be in Adelaide. I just don't. Yep. I just, I just, I just think it's a massive concern because, as you said before, we've got the players, we've got the age demographic that works in the system. We know clubs when they get there. We should be going deep into this into September now with this club, and it's just not. We've just stalled. We've literally stalled and are going either up or down two positions. Doesn't matter what which way it goes. We it's just stalled. What about the press, um, Kochi? Well, who knows? I don't. I think last year that was a mistake to sign up Hinkley for another four years, making him a ten-year coach. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I think him. Yeah. He's been brilliant. I, I, look, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back him, actually. He's been brilliant. He's got the club off the canvas, what it, was, what, what it once was. Um, it's just unfortunate that last year um, they made the decision to, um, to sign Cannon for longer. That's all. Other than that, he's been brilliant. Look, it could be worse. You could have the tarps back on the seats. Yep, correct, correct. And we have the, we have the stadium. We're, we're, we're free of a, of a sand for license, so we actually make money now. We have to pay the South Australian um, footy anymore. So that's always good. Um, but yeah, we, um, yeah, we, we, as Ken Hinkley said, uh, this footy club has let everyone down and it's definitely true. Now you're in a similar position to Essendon. We ranked Essendon as a, you know, just a, a an upper middle ground, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. You're another team that played finals last year. Yep. So where do we position you? Because you're in a similar boat than what Essendon was. I'm going to go to fail. You, from a your perspective, fail. a fail. A huge fail. Yep. We can't score. We defend well. But because we can't score, every team can stay close to us and then hurt us with one good quarter. And we can't... I think there was like six or seven... or well, remember eight games this year, Port played, where we were goalless or scoreless in quarters. We just weren't scoring. I mean, that's that's. If you look at the game now, you look at you guys. Look at look at all those teams who are now playing September action. Yeah, they score and they score quickly and heavily. The interesting thing is, though, that you, from a goal differential, you were eighteen eighteen goals up above your opponents for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just got let yep. down in um, you know your, your hitouts. You were down a hundred hitouts over the course of the year from your opponents. Yep. So you, if you're not getting your hands, but you were getting your hands on the ball because you ranked quite, you know, you ranked number one in clearances per game. It's just correct that the correct. pieces are all there and they just they, they sort of fit, but it doesn't look like a clear picture. No. So no. yeah, there might be a bit of a clean out that needs to happen. We don't know. It could have just been a bad year. Could have been. It could have been, been, but it's four years now, so I I need to see something different. Yeah, but you know what? You played finals last year. Look look at that. Look at that. You've we only did. been out of it for one. Try 12 yep. of these years consistent. Then, then you know what I went through, all right? Yep. Um, True. I True. Them, I, look, I give them a... Actually, thinking about it, I'd just give a middle ground. They didn't yep, excite me. They didn't excite me, but they didn't really do anything for me. Yep. Coming into Not our last team, fun. though, I must admit... Now, this was one team, the, the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Mm-hmm. Start of the year, guaranteed to finish last. Yeah. Guaranteed. They finished with 12 wins, 10 losses, 48 points with a percentage of 108.94. Yep. I'm going to say it now. Massive tick for me. And yep. when it comes to the rankings, they're completely opposite. They're not, there was only two high rankings that they had. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was ranked fifth of the least opponent hitouts per game and ranked fifth in team to opponent hitouts per game differential. Yep. But they ranked 18th in kicks, 14th in disposals, 17th in marks. 13th in tackles, 16th in clearances, mm-hmm. yet were a sniff outside of making finals when no one actually thought that they were even going to get close. Nope. Yep, well done. Well played, Brad Scott. Yep. Well and well coached. done to Sean Higgins too, getting that All-Australian. And very stiff, Ben Brown, 61 goals for the year to not you know, yeah. just sit out. Like, that's, 
I'll take him over Gunston any day of the week. I was cheering for him on, on Sunday. Yep, even with his Malcolm Marshall run-up that he has for goal. <laughs> yep, Matt Jack Daw, he's finally made it. Finally. He's finally made it as a backman. Terrifying. A terrifying backman who takes massive marks, who looks massive, and isn't afraid to put a knee up into someone's face. Nah, he doesn't care. And he's got the body to do it. He's, like oh. If you look at Aaliyah Aaliyah from the Swans, yep. that position for both of them is perfect. If that ball isn't right. coming to you chest high and you've got Mad Jack near you, you are nervous he's going to smash you under that ball. He's either going to smash you or you're going to win him a car. Oh, God. Yeah. He's a big boy. And I think it was uh, that, that Sydney-North Melbourne game when Aaliyah and Dor were playing on each other. Like mm-hmm. that was just that was what football's all about. That yep. was watching two guys having a crack. Yeah, that, that's the beautiful thing about our game. You know, we pick it to the cow. You know, pick the guts out of it and how it's run and the ticketing fiascos and all that sort of crap. But then you see something like that for a you know a couple of quarters and you go, that's what makes our game awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon amazing. Yeah, Scotty got it right, mate. Scotty got it right this year. Yeah. He did. He did. We now here's the thing. The the um it looks like Gaff's gonna go there. It looks Gaff. like Polak it looks like Polak is gonna go there as well. Oh, we can't match that. I think Port have even basically resigned, have put the guns down. I wouldn't match it either. Yeah, Why would well, you? Too much money. Way. Too much Five money. Five years, seven hundred thousand for a player who's got whoever, an particular whoever is his manager, mate, he needs to sling him an extra couple of percent, because that is a gun deal. Yep. Um yep. Those two players will make a difference to that team straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to get Josh Kelly. And oh, sorry, they were, sorry, no, no, sorry, they were trying to get Josh Kelly and Dustin Martin. But I think this year, this year is the year they're going to get their big fish. Yep. But they're also thinking for next year as well. Because remember, yeah. Kelly comes out after two years. This is his first. Next year is his second. And then I think Kelly then goes into free agency. They'll try and get him again, you reckon? Exactly right. Will they have any money left after Gaff and Pollock take well, they take the war chest? Yeah, well, they'll take the war chest. But you've got to you've got to pay ninety two and a half percent, I think it is, of your salary cap. Yeah. And whatever you don't pay, you can use that next year. Yeah. On yeah. top of your hundred. And no club this. You know how every year it comes out. Oh, this club's reached their maximum salary. Bullshit! 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 It doesn't. That that doesn't happen. Clubs these days, they they manipulate the deals. They manipulate the contracts. They front load them. They 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 they're clever. No club is ever going to be in trouble with the cap anymore. No. Well, unless you're in the NRL, <laughs> the Canelo Sharks. But like from GWS's perspective, they back ended Jeremy Cameron. So he reckon he'll be on what one point four mil next year. Jeez, wow. Because okay. they back ended his contract to keep all the other players. Yep. So back-ended contracts are great if you're on them, not for the yep. club, not for the yep. club. I, I, like I said, I really, I really hope that they take the next step mm-hmm. because I look at a team like North and yep. a lot of their no-names are the ones that stood up over the course of the year this year. Yeah. And um, it's going to be interesting, you know, no Jared Waite next year. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough, uh, not tough, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to sort of see how it all how it all works out for them. But if yes. you have a look at it, look, Higgins has played twenty games this year. Cunnington played twenty two. Trent Dumont's yeah. another twenty two. Jed Anderson, yeah. that was a great pickup from Hawthorne, twenty one. Correct. Uh, Jamie McMillan, twenty two. Luke McDonald, twenty two. Zebel, mm-hmm. twenty two. He's found a new spot up forward. Yeah. Uh, Sean Atley, twenty two. Robbie Tarrant, twenty one. Scott Thompson, mm-hmm. 21. Skimpkin, 21. Goldstein, 22 games. Yeah. And Benny Brown, Kane Turner, and a few others. So they had a really good nucleus of, you know, what, 10 to 11 blokes playing together each and every week. And when that happens time and time and time again, you're going to get to know how people play, what they can do, what they can't do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's paid off for them. It's, it is awesome to see. Yep. Really, really. And then after over Hawthorne, Sydney, GWS uh, between yep. rounds five and ten. Can't ask for much more than that. No. no. I think Billy Hart. Is... I think yeah, can, sorry. I think uh, clubs can do can't do much worse. Get Billy Hartong, put him on the rookie list. He's still got yep. football offer. His speed, 
I remember watching him against the D's and his speed when we first played him, we, we couldn't shut him down the first quarter. He was immense. I reckon I reckon I reckon he won't. Or maybe maybe rookie list somewhere, but he's yeah. he's he's now behind a North Melbourne's um list. Yeah. And and you know, they've had him for a year and he played quite a number in a row, then they got rid of him. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not too I'm not too sure. Um they did pick him up with pick seventy seven in the draft. So they can't ask mm. for much more than that. No. Um yeah, I, I'm, yeah. so he's, he played 13 games. Yeah, right. You know what? You, you can put money on him and you know what you're going to get or you pick some kid completely out of the blue and you don't know. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. But they'll, they'll get their two couple of fish next year. They've got a great forward line, good back line. The middle's working really nicely. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be in, they're going to be in really good stead. Yep. But they get a massive pass considering they were picked to go last by a yeah. lot of people in the media. A lot yeah, of I think I, I think I said somewhere around the 15 yep. for them. So to finish ninth and just outside the finals. And just outside the finals was huge. Absolutely. Yep. Huge. Big thumbs up for North. Well, J-Dog. Yes. That's the bottom 10 done. I know. Huge. That good. That was huge. Part A and Part very, B. That was very cathartic. Pardon? That was very cathartic talking about Port Adelaide, so thank you for that. No, that's all right. Sometimes you need to get things off your chest. Um, I don't think there's been a part A, part B bigger than that since Kill Bill. <laughs> or uh, the Debbie Does Dallas double A anthology. Um, but Although yeah, we no, didn't have enough sword fights, though. No, no, more guns. We need more guns. That's what we need. More, gun, more, more guns. More guns and ninjas. Yes. More guns, ninjas, and swimming pools. That's what we need. <laughs> but... Um, Hey, it all kicks off next week. So what we're going to do is next week we're going to get together. We're going to talk about the upcoming finals. We'll do a bit of a preview for each game. Our tips for mm-hmm. the, uh, the games coming up. Tips um, and margins. Tips and margins. Tips and margins. And we'll keep all bias out of it. Uh, but I'm yeah, really excited to be able to just sit back and just look at each game on its merits. Uh, we mo- and um, we're going to do it closer to the end of the week. Normally we roll this out on a Tuesday. We might roll it out... Um, maybe even the Wednesday, Thursday. Not just too sure yet, depending on when the teams start to come out because I know the first yeah. game is on the Thursday, so it's probably going to have to be the Wednesday. Um, yeah. But I'm excited. It's going to be a massive final series. You've got, you've got the, the king of the mountain, Richmond, sitting on top, and you've got seven teams underneath wanting to knock them off. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it, it's going to be an awesome time. So uh, I know you're excited. I'm definitely excited. Um, like I said, uh, at CJPepper06 on Twitter. J-Dog, what's your Twitter handle? I uh, don't know about Twitter, but uh, Instagram, J, J Wallace 24 J, yeah, J Wallace 84 sorry. CJ Pepper 6 or the Pep Talk on, um, on uh, Instagram as well. I think I could be wine thighs. Pardon? On Twitter, I think I could be really... I think you're wine thighs. I think I am. Yep. Send one to wine thighs, and if you get a response, we'll claim it. Um, yeah, more at wine, we'll at, at wine thighs, I am. You are. And... Um, any questions that you have, let us know. Send us who you think is going to take out the 2018 flag. Any um, questions as well? Any questions? Yeah, any questions, um, anything whatsoever, any trade talk, rumours, throw them our way. We'll, 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 we'll tell everybody who you are and how awesome you are. Uh, we'll we put will. it in the vault and we'll see what happens. But most importantly, once again, your hosts, Christopher Pepper, Jamie J. Dog Wallace. I have to ask the question, Jamie, how do you like your AFL finals football? Lace out. Fantastic. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back next week. And most importantly, see you, everybody. Bye.